Welcome to the Arise podcast. I'm Tanya Anderson, CEO at Arise, and it's my pleasure to have with me Mary Schwenke, who is the manager of our Respite and Family Support Services programs. Welcome, Mary. Hello. So we have talked a couple of times about different things, and today we're going to focus on the Arise and Ski program, which is one of the coolest things that we do, and Arise does many cool things. Can you tell us a little bit about Arise and Ski? Sure. Um, Arise and Ski is an adaptive ski program that takes place at Labrador Mountain with the help of Ski CNY. It's been going on since 1996. That's a long time. Yes, and... It is primarily a volunteer-based service. Um, We do have a couple educational staff on board that help run the program, Um, but it's just amazing, an amazing adaptive ski program. And it's really part of the independent living philosophy here at at Arise because we ensure that people have the services and supports they need to live in the community and be independent in the community and part of being a completely included person in our community is having fun, which includes adaptive sports, and the ski program is part of that. Um, Can you talk a little bit about um, what what adaptive skiing looks like? So adaptive skiing can really look anything. Um, It looks, it could be uh, totally supportive and um, where someone who has limited mobility mm-hmm. can sit in a um, chair-type ski apparatus to go down the mountain, or it can be something as little as using poles that just help you control uh, being an independent skier, but it helps you control um, your movements a little bit better with the help of someone else. Right. So you know it, trying to visualize this because we're just talking about it like the sit ski is really what it sounds like it's a, a, a ski blade with a, a chair type device where someone who might have limited mobility or maybe uses a wheelchair to get around day to day would be able to go down the hill that pole apparatus you talked about um, is got the, the skier in the center and then uh, a volunteer and instructor on either side really Correct. just helping to guide that person with balance. Um, I've seen people use tethers, which is sort of exactly like it sounds where the instructor or the volunteer has a, a cord or a rope that is attached to the participant to really help guide them with balance and direction. It's as you said, it's really specific to the person. Right. Someone who maybe has um, vision issues, they could actually hold on to a uh, a tube type thing and then run along a rope to know where they're going. So two volunteers would hold the rope and the skier could just, uh, with the help of that tube, mm-hmm. um, ski along the rope but independently just so they he they would have a um a direction on where to go right right and and that makes sense i've seen it in other sports as well like like marathon runners for Mm -hmm. example if there's someone with outside that's on a marathon course they have a runner alongside them helping to sort of navigate the crowd so this is similar except that you're going really fast down a hill yep (laughs) yep exactly and you know we we say ski but they do snowboard as well great we do uh snowboarding lessons as well 
This is wonderful. And can you talk a little bit about um, the kinds of folks that participate in this program, what eligibility there might be, what sort of disabilities we're talking about? Sure. So uh, one of your taglines is a gateway program to to the, the programs that arise. So this is one of those where you don't necessarily have to uh, fit into a checkbox on a form. This is for anyone who identifies as having a disability. So whether it's um, cognitive or physical, uh, you don't necessarily have to have eligibility through a certain state department like uh, the Office of People with Developmental Disabilities. Um, it's someone that may not have been born with a disability but had a car accident or something that limits their mobility that can participate in this. Right, and we're talking about all ages, really. Yes, absolutely. Um, young ones from, you know, three to four um, to... Older. Yes, <laughs> much older. <laughs> and a lot of people come back year after year, and they really increase their ski level and we're going to talk a little bit about the volunteer base as well, but we've had people who have graduated from being participants to being volunteers guiding other skiers in Absolutely. the program. Absolutely. We, we have a group, a handful of participants every year that next year will come back as a volunteer. Wonderful. So let's talk about the volunteers. We've got um, a really small group of a couple of part-time coordinators that we um, provide a small stipend, which is really just a recognition because they put in way more hours yes. than the value of what they do compared to what we are able to pay them is, is much greater. But we really depend on volunteers for this program. Yes. So um, the small group of six that we pay, everyone else in the program is a volunteer. And last year we were up to um, 82 volunteers, not including the paid staff, for the program. And those 82 volunteers supported how many participants? Um, 45 were accepted into the program. Right. So that really demonstrates with numbers how important the volunteers are to the program. And because everyone is different as in terms of as a skier, one participant might need one person or even half a person to guide them down and another person who's a new skier or maybe has more complicated um, accommodation needs might need three volunteers exactly yep and sometimes when there are someone using uh the sit ski that you mentioned to come down the hill sometimes the the volunteer might only uh we call it blocking go down the hill ahead of them just to make sure that the the path is cleared for safety reasons for right. the um the participant and the person helping them in the sit ski right okay so if someone um, is listening to this and they're thinking, okay, I've, I know how to ski or I have skied, but I don't know anything about how to assist someone with a disability, what would you tell them? I would tell them to, uh, if they're interested in volunteering, to please complete an application. And we will match um, their ability as a skier to um, our participant needs. And again, it could be hands-on. Or, like I said, it could just be going down the mountain ahead of someone using adaptive equipment to make sure that the, the path that they are on is um, safe for the participant. Right. And that volunteer application is on our website, which is ariseinc.org. 
And you're right that really any level of ability for volunteers is appropriate. And we provide extensive training for volunteers as well. Yep, there is a day worth of training in addition to some online trainings that need to be completed. We also like to make sure that um, they get all the information about um, privacy policies that we have or safety, any... um, incident reporting that might happen we give them all of that information as well right so people are as volunteers very well informed very well supported we're not just saying show up and right and get on the mountain (laughs) right and the ed staff is there both saturdays and sundays for both sessions of lessons um in addition to having me in the office during the week supporting them uh in anything they need right and uh, so you mentioned the schedule. This program runs for about six weeks. Yep. And it's going to start when in January of next year? January, the weekend of January 7th and 8th. Okay. And we will run for six weekends to the weekend, including February 11th and 12th. And we run um, sessions on Saturdays and Sundays, morning and afternoon? Yep. Uh, 11 for for the um, participants. The hours are 9.30 to 11.30, and then from, uh, that's a.m., and then p.m. is 1 to 3 p.m., and those those two time slots run both Saturday and Sunday. So there's four sessions a weekend. Great. And even though that might sound like a, a lot in terms of sessions, it's... Um, not we're not able to meet the demand with participants are we no um last year we were just over about half of the people that applied were accepted so the more um volunteers we have the more participants we can have so it's just it's basically dependent on those volunteers right and we we screen the participants really closely and carefully to make sure that we have a good match between the participants and what needs they might have with the skills and the availability of our volunteers. Exactly. And then we also have to keep in mind um, equipment. You know, we only have so many set sit skis right. and other um, equipment and then the areas on the mountain. So we do use the main ski hill where we are skiing with other independent skiers. And then we also use the learning center, which right. um, some people might call a bunny hill. <laughs> But we use the learning center as well. So um, we have to make sure that we're not overloading one part of the um, ski resort. Right. And that's another wonderful point that you bring up is that this is a program which is right in the mix with everyone else who is skiing. So it is completely inclusive. And I think that we get a lot of volunteers and participants from folks who just are onlookers that say, what is going on on that hill? That is amazing. And then they find out about a rise in ski. Yes, especially when we changed mountains a couple years ago. We, um, at Labrador, we received more interest, um, renewed interest, I should say, uh, in the program because we were reaching a whole new um, mountain with new exposure to new volunteers. Awesome. And Another thing that is, is amazing is really the support of Labrador and Ski CNY because without their support and their um, willingness to give us access to that mountain, we just could not do this program. Exactly. And they're always um, willing to help in any way. They share our posts on social media to call for volunteers. 
They allow us um, a year-round uh, storage facility for all of our equipment at at Labrador. Even though we're you know we're we're only there six weeks, that's that's a short amount of time. Um, but they allow us to store all of our equipment and everything there as well. And it really is amazing. I don't think we can overstate the value of that support. And it's just um, to me to have a local business recognize the value of an inclusive inclusive setting um, putting out their resources to ensure that people with disabilities are able to access recreation you know it's 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 not helping their bottom line in the traditional sense it's just the right thing to do it's just it's really great yeah we we were welcomed with open arms um, in the past couple years from ski cny now, I have been out to watch the skiing um, many years, and I'm not a skier, but I can appreciate what's going on there on the hill. Is there a particular observation or story that, that you've encountered in your work that you'd like to share? Well, there's so many. Like, where do you narrow it down? The person that, um, you know, uses a wheel for, wheelchair for transportation, being able to feel the wind in their face, going down the mountain um, at the same speed as someone who is skiing on two skis. Right. Or the fact that we have families that now go to the ski hill as a family. Um, One I'm thinking of has a daughter with a disability and two sons that do not, and all five of them come to the mountain. The daughter gets her ski lessons at the same time that mom and dad and two brothers are, are skiing down the hill. It's a has become a family activity that they can do together regardless of a disability and that's so important and that's there's a corollary to that with our playground which is out at the farm which is a fully inclusive playground where again we've been able to give opportunities for families to play together that otherwise wouldn't be able to do that yes just in our summer rack program too absolutely which is another podcast inclusive yes we've (laughs) talked about that one before right (laughs) And it is a real community among the participants and the volunteers. We have a podcast from a longtime volunteer, um, Chris Arnold, who, who spoke to that. And, mm-hmm. and you probably observed firsthand the, the real relationships that develop. Oh, yeah. From year after year, the they might not see each other outside of ski, but the volunteers come back and they come back expecting to work with the same participants that they've worked with or formed a relationship with for, for years on, on end. Great. And I think another thing that we haven't talked about is that Horizon Ski does rely on donations. There's a very modest fee that participants pay, doesn't cover our costs. And so folks really want to get involved and support Horizon Ski, but don't actually ski, they can um, make a donation. Is that right? Yes, right on the ariseinc.org um, website. And there you can. Um, designate that you want the donation for the Arise and Ski skiing program. Yep. Wonderful. And we've used that to, to buy new equipment and mm-hmm. just to make sure everything's safe. Exactly. You know, when you have a program that's been going on since 1996, some of that equipment has come a long way since 1996 and needs to be replaced or repaired. Right. Um, so those donations go a long way. Right. And it's very specialized and mm-hmm. expensive. Yeah. The, the sit skis we have to order from Montana. Wow. So those wow. get shipped. Wonderful. So 
Arising.org has everything anyone would need to know about making a donation, applying to be a participant, applying to be a volunteer, and they can also reach out to you via the website. Yep. This program actually has its own um, email address, which is very easy to remember. It okay. is ski, S-K-I, at ariseinc.org. So throughout the year, we get emails saying, hey, can you let me know when the applications are open? Um, you can use that email address at any time. Wonderful. So before we wrap up, I want to ask you, Mary, you do many wonderful things here at Arise, and what about the ski program resonates for you? It, the inclusivity. Like you don't, like I said, you don't have to have the Office of People with Developmental Disability um, designation or, you know. Any designation. Any designation. Anyone uh, who wants to apply to be a part of this program can, whether it's a participant or a volunteer. Wonderful. Thanks for all you do, Mary. Thank you. For more information on how you can support Arise, visit our website at ariseinc.org. Support Arise. Support independence. Thank you.